0: Welcome to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and award-winning veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry.
1: Well hello everybody and welcome to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, who we'll introduce in just a moment, Dr. Tamika Perry. Docs in a Pod comes to you every week with a topic relating to health, wellness, fitness for uh, folks and their families, and we are delighted to have you with us, the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Uh, Dr. Tamika Perry is a Mm -hmm. physician at Wilmot at Redbird Square in Dallas, Texas, completed her master's degree at the University of North Texas Health Science Center in Fort Worth, Dr. Perry earned her medical degree at Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Dr. Perry is board certified in family medicine by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Medicine. When Dr. Perry's not in the office, she enjoys traveling and exploring the world with her daughter. To Dr. Perry, traveling is more than just lying on a beach. It's immersing yourself in different cultures, perspectives, and geography. She's made it her goal to visit all seven continents. And I think as we uh, discovered last couple of weeks, she's down to maybe just one or two left. Dr. Perry, great to have you with
2: us. Thank you. Yes, I have two left, Australia and Antarctica. So those are on my bucket list. I'm not sure which one I'm going to do first. Actually, I think it's going to be Antarctica.
1: Well, I think that's pretty cool. By the way, as an undergraduate from Prairie View A&M University, Yes, uh, you you are able to uh, connect with a lot of our shows. We've also had PV guests on. Yes, Folks who we, went to PV?
2: Yep, right? we've had PV guests and HBCU guests too. So if you don't know, an HBCU is a Historically Black College or University. Of course, it's open to any and everyone, and I encourage any and everyone to go. But these schools yeah. were started out to educate the newly freed slaves, and so through the the um. To the trajectory of the schools, these schools have just been tremendous and they do an excellent job of educating all youth in America. Cool, I like that.
1: Yeah. So you are not only our co-host but our special guest today because Yay. there is a critical topic. Uh, you can't pick up a newspaper, a magazine, watch a television show, read uh, uh, whatever and there's talk about Ozempic, not because it's used to treat diabetes, but as a weight loss drug uh, taken across this country by many, many people. And they also are taking terzepatide, also a similar drug that apparently, Dr. Perry, Mm -hmm. is the miracle answer to losing weight, right?
2: Well, I, I'm not sure about Miracle, but it, it is um, an interesting agent, to say the least. And I say interesting in a, in a positive manner. And like all drugs, it does have side effects. But if we talk about it, it first gained popularity in the weight loss realm during the clinical trials, but it gained national commercial popularity when these celebrities were taking it. Um, you know, we won't name any names, but it rhymes with Kardashian to to lose weight. And they lost a tremendous amount of weight. And so everyone says, well, if they if they got it, I want it. But this is the nature of those drugs. They're in a class of medicine called the GLP-1 agonist. Glucagon-like peptide. Your body already makes glucagon. We're giving you a bigger dose, and this is why. In terms of diabetes, it helps your pancreas make your own insulin more efficient. What we also found out is that it slows down your gut. It turns off your hunger signal that goes from your tummy to your brain, and it holds your food in your belly longer. Thus, people lose a lot of weight, hence their popularity. It's expensive, though, is it not? They are really, really, really proud of this medication, the manufacturers are. So they are expensive. Um, You know, some of it could be the production. Some of it could just be, you know, we live in a capitalistic country, and they're making a profit off of it. You know, I, I wish they would be, I wish the manufacturers would settle for rich and not super rich and make it, you know, more accessible to the general population who truly needs it.
1: Now, what folks don't necessarily understand is uh, physicians can prescribe uh, certain medications off-label use. So right. Ozempic at the moment, although they're coming out with uh, a similar drug for weight loss, recently approved apparently by the FDA, but you can prescribe Ozempic for weight loss for your patients if you choose to do so.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about that. Actually, the drug is out. It's called Wegovy. It is the same thing as Ozempic, which is... So the generic name of any drug is the real name. So just like when you go into the store and you see Tylenol and then underneath Tylenol it says acetaminophen, that is the real laboratory chemical name of any drug. So a semiglutide, which started off as Ozempic, was rebranded as Wygovi, just like Victoza, which is a diabetic m- drug, was rebranded as Saxenda. And these are their weight Uh, lost counterparts, but they're the same medicine. Here's the example I give my patients. We use drugs for more than one indication, depending on if we want the side effect to be the main effect or the side effect. When you go into the store, Benadryl is for allergies and its side effect is sleepiness. ZQIL is for um, sleep and its side effect is dry nose and dry mouth. They're both diphenhydramine. So, do you want the the main effect to be sleepiness or dried out mucous membranes? Do you see what I'm saying? So that's what. Except when you
1: mentioned, I don't mean to interrupt, but when you mentioned right. Benadryl, it's important for people 65 and over to know it's not recommended for older people.
2: Absolutely, Ron. You know, I'm so proud of you. That's absolutely oh, thank you. right. <laughs> thank that you. is absolutely correct. It can cause some cognitive issues. Some. Um, you know just being loopy for lack of a better word and we definitely don't want that to happen but the example is is that we use drugs for more than one indication so there's medicines that we use for neuropathy that are also used for depression and my patients will go do you think i'm depressed no but i think you have neuropathy so it's used for more than one indication so that's how this particular medicine is to weight right. and diabetes
1: now stay with me just a minute i want to let folks know who may have just joined us you're listening to docs in a pod the award-winning podcast and radio show available to you every week. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host and guest today, Dr. Tamika Perry. She's at Wellmet at Redbird Square in uh, Dallas, Texas, and we're talking about drugs that are now becoming increasingly popular across this country uh, to help with weight loss. Let's back up for a minute. Sure. If we can, Dr. Perry, we are a f- nation of really fat, people
2: <laughs> we we are pleasantly plump why um, in this country well you know one is our serving sizes are incredibly big and we are a sugar written. um Country, There is a, a Netflix special called the Blue Zone and they talk about these areas across the world where people live well well beyond 100. And one of the things that they had in common was a healthy diet that was low in sugar. In fact, in one of the Blue Zones in an Asian country, um, the amount of sugar is limited by law that you can put in soda pops you know you you can put endless your your soda pop here in the United States can almost be syrup if you want it i mean you can you know it can have that much sugar in it so so one is portion size two is not only the quali- the quantity of food is the quality of food what are we eating we're eating these fat filled sugar filled meals that taste good they like our tongue likes them but our body doesn't necessarily like them
1: and historically have we been an ob- a country of obese people, or is this something recent?
2: No, some of it is, 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 you know, um, economical, like during the time of the great depression, you know, the food chart was actually changed to put a greater emphasis on carbohydrates. And so to keep people fuller, longer and fatter in a time where there wasn't a lot of food. Well, that hasn't changed a lot in terms of, you know, what's on the food pyramid and what you should eat the most of. And in reality, you know, we I think we learned from a, a guest either this year or last year, the food pyramid is very skewed. Skewed the wrong way. Skewed in the wrong direction. So, you know, we and Ron, you had mentioned earlier when we were off air the availability of these drugs. You know, they may not be available, but I, I'm telling you what's always what always is available is physical activity and good food choices. True enough. The patient may need guidance on this, but you you don't need any fancy membership to walk, and you don't have to go to Whole Foods to make good food choices. You can and, and don't get me wrong to the Whole Food gods. I'm not you know I I like Whole Foods, but you can go to your Tom Thumb, your Albertsons, what your Fiesta, whatever your local grocery store is, and buy an apple, as opposed to a Snickers.
1: An apple instead of. Snickers, Twix. And once again, the
2: Snickers, (laughs) Twix gods, please don't come down and get me. But um, you know, nature's candy is much, much more preferred over, you know, the other candy that we just mentioned. Now,
1: for people who want Ozempic or or one of the others uh, who are able to get it uh, either through prescription, through their physician, or some of it I find advertised online, uh, if you
2: buy it online, you have no idea it's the real stuff, right? You you, you don't. So you know pharmacists have the ability to make medicines from raw ingredients. It's, you know, compounding pharmacists, they're all taught that in school, but obviously your pharmacist in CVS isn't in the back like an old school apothecary, putting the medicines together, you know, with the raw ingredients to make the final product, but compounding pharmacists can make um, medications and they can make like cocktail medications for the physician. You know, um, you know, I, I have another certification in obesity medicine. And at one time I had a dedicated obesity clinic. So sometimes I would cocktail medicines for that patient. Now, semiglutide is not that, you know, it's a cocktail. They really just make semiglutide by itself. Some of them do add a little B12 to it. And this is an option. However, unlike the person who owns the patent on semiglutide or, you know, liraglutide or any of these GLP ones we're talking about, or the newest one, uh, Monjuro, they are not regulated like the Food and Drug Administration. So if you're going to go down that route, instead of randomly getting someone online, I would get with your physician and say, is there a compounding pharmacy that you work with? The physician does not have a financial relationship with them. What they have is a, I've worked with you for a long time. I know your integrity type relationship and say, if it's not available and in my best interest, can I get it at pharmacy, compounding pharmacy, A, B, C, or D? Now,
1: Folks who take these medications mm-hmm. uh, and lose weight, as you pointed out, they can lose significant amounts of weight, right?
2: Absolutely. They can so lose weight. So the it.
1: question is, mm-hmm. do you have to stay on this medicine for the rest of your life? And if well, you stop, does all that weight come back?
2: Well, that's that's a very um, multi-factorial answer. But, um, you know... Generally, while you're on these drugs, you want to. The answer to the short answer is no. You don't. You don't have to stay on them for the rest of your life. You don't have to. But if you want to change your habits while you're on the drugs. So if you if you taper off, you and your doctor decide. You know, it's in your best interest. Hey, you've met your weight goals. We're gonna come off now. You don't want to like gain all your weight back. So while you're on the medicines, you want to get used to at least 150 minutes of cardiovascular exercise a week, body permitting. You want to get in the habit of 100 grams of protein a day, you know, health status permitting. So healthy or healthy regimen while you're on the medicines. Now, with that said, the FDA has approved certain medicines in this class, Liraglutide, which is the same thing as Saxenda or Victoza, for chronicity of obesity. So obesity is a chronic disease, like hypertension, diabetes, and you can do genetic testing, which I don't recommend because it's very high to say I have the, it's very expensive to say, do I have the genetic markers for obesity? Um, More beyond just my family's lifestyle. So I did the the testing a long time ago, just to tell me what I could have looked at, you know, people in my family and just already knew, yes, I do have some of the genetic markers for obesity. So for those individuals, despite maximal diet and exercise efforts, and you look around you and everyone, you know, it looks like a it, Eddie Murphy movie, The Clumps, you know, <laughs> and you, you might want to say, well, this is maybe something that I take chronically, just like some people take allergy medicines chronically. Some people have to take antihypertensive chronically, et cetera, et cetera.
1: All right. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host and guest today, Dr. Tamika Perry. We're so pleased you were with us here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Drew Pearson from our friends at WellMed. The right Medicare coverage is important, so is selecting the right doctor. Choosing a WellMed doctor in a Medicare Advantage plan is a great choice. With over 30 years' experience caring for older adults on Medicare, WellMed doctors practice coordinated, compassionate primary care. It's prevention with a personal touch. A WellMed doctor in Medicare Advantage coverage. Why? Because your health matters. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesman. Learn more today, 855-575-2188. Thank you so much for joining us on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. Our podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, and we encourage you to do that. Some of you are listening to us on the radio as well. We welcome all of you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host and guest today, Dr. Tamika Perry. Uh, you find her at Wellmet at Redbird Square in Dallas, Texas. And we're talking about obesity and the hot drugs, Ozempic and others, that are uh, being prescribed and used by people across this country. Once celebrities went public with what they were doing, lots of people jumped on that bandwagon. And Dr. Perry, I want to come back to something you said earlier. There are other ways to lose weight, the traditional ways involving Mm -hmm. diet, exercise, Mm -hmm. uh, watching what you eat. I was on that watching what you eat diet. I I was on the I ate everything I saw diet. (laughs) And the problem, of course, is learning portions, uh, learning proper food choices, understanding vegetables and fruits versus proteins. And most of us are not steeped in that knowledge. You are. You studied it in addition to your uh, DO degree, Doctor of Osteopathy. uh, You were certified in uh, obesity medicine as well.
2: Exactly. So you would think it was rocket science, but it's not. It really is not. And especially culturally, culturally like we were talking about earlier, we we are bred in this culture to have these huge portions that we don't need. Um, for example, when I tell my patients when they go out to eat, there's a very popular restaurant in this area. I'm not sure if they have Papados in um, San Antonio, but it's- Yeah, they do. It's, yeah. It's really good. Seafood, Cajun, great beverages, great food. The portions are way too big. So I tell them, you know, if you go really make an appetizer, your meal, or share a main entree with whoever you're going with, or that main entree needs to be two, maybe even two and a half meals. It's way too many calories and that the food is is way too calorie rich, too calorie dense. Um, Generally, for the general population, now, of course, always consult with your physician, your personal physician, when you are um, starting a new diet or exercise regimen, but for the general population, the World, World Health Organization states that 150 minutes a week of cardiovascular exercise intertwined with weight training, so like running, walking, swimming is recommended. And a lot of my patients say, well, I, you know, I work in a factory. I walk back and forth across that factory every day. What do you mean? Well, that's part of what's already called your total daily energy expenditure. Your body is accustomed to you walking back and forth across that factory every day. It's already calculated into your metabolism. That's That's not fair. I know it's not fair. You should get credit (laughs) for it. But if you quit doing that, you will gain weight. So now if you want to lose weight, you got to continue that and add a little something onto there. Now, the other thing that you want to keep in mind is that generally, not for everybody. So if you have kidney issues, this may not apply to you. Or either protein metabolism issues like gout, this may not apply to you. But generally, 100 grams of protein a day is what's recommended. It keeps you fuller longer. It goes to making lean body muscle mass. And one of the metabolic functions of that muscle mass is to burn fat. So I'm not trying to bulk you up like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s. I'm just trying to keep you lean and healthy. So what
1: would 100 grams of protein represent on your plate? Would that be a steak bigger than your fist?
2: So that's a great question. So Protein about the size of a chicken breast is about 33 grams, you know, so fish is a little less, steak is a little more, but if you averaged it out, it's about 33 grams. And, you know, some people say, hey, look, Dr. Perry, Tamika, three chicken breasts a day is a lot in my tummy. You know, that may be a lot for some of us. Um, I'm not saying me personally, but a lot for some of us. So, however, there's other sources of protein, right? There's protein in other foods. Some vegetables are a combination of protein and carbohydrates. Most certainly, things like tofu. You can do protein shakes, like for example, there's a you know protein shake you can do in the morning for breakfast, and that will give you the protein that you need for that meal, and you're not feeling like you're eating a big piece of meat. I love tofu. Do you? I'm not. I, I don't do. think I've. I've really, I've really given tofu a fair chance. Well, it
1: takes on the taste of whatever you cook it with.
2: Well, that's that's a no-brainer then. You know what I mean? I go to
1: a, a Thai restaurant uh, not far from where I live,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and, and they give you options of shrimp or fish or beef or tofu, and I always go for the tofu.
2: You know what, Ron, you've inspired me. I'm going to try that next time. So next time I can it tell try. you how. Absolutely. Yeah, tell you so how let's talk life. about uh, when,
1: when you, you mentioned In restaurants, often the portions are much larger uh, than you ought to be eating. Uh, One trick that uh, a a friend of mine who used to co-host a radio show with me, Dr. Robin Eikoff, does, and when she orders her meal in a restaurant, she orders a to-go box delivered with the entree.
2: That is an excellent, excellent And she just cuts it
1: in half, puts it in the to-go box, and then eats what is left on her plate.
2: Yes, because that, you know, $25, $30 meal that you you know, you know on at that restaurant or however much you spent, really, honestly, Dr. Eikhoff is 100% correct. It's two meals. It's two meals. So that's an excellent strategy. Another strategy I have my patients who are trying to cut back on calories and don't use anything from a pharmacologic sense to help them is, I'm like, right before you eat, drink a full glass of water. Now oh. there's water in your tummy, and you, you will not eat as much, and water is good for you. Interesting. Yeah. And beautiful. of course,
1: the other thing is the size of the plates in many restaurants yes. are huge.
2: They are huge. I mean, they, they are baby spaceships. They are very, very big. So if and they
1: put on that plate what you really should be eating, it would look like there's nothing
2: on the plate. You need a saucer, not a plate. <laughs> <You know laughs> exactly. <what I> mean? <laughs> so that's exactly what you need. In fact, that's another strategy I actually learned during my um, training for a BTD medicine is to um, actually have the patients use a smaller plate instead of the big traditional plates that we here have here in the U.S. Yeah. We have
1: smaller plates at home that we often use. In fact, I mentioned yes. to my wife the other day, have you noticed, uh, we really almost only use those smaller plates.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no need for that bigger plate, bigger plate, more food, more food, and, more problems. And then,
1: you know, I mentioned the, uh, the yo-yo effect, and you're, you're listening and talking to a guy who understands from personal experience that yo-yo effect, uh, because if you add up the amount of pounds I've lost uh, over my 80-some years, it yeah. would be a ton or more, hundreds and hundreds of pounds mm-hmm. if you add them all up, uh, but then I put, in many cases, that weight back on.
2: You know, consistency is the key and then we might also be fighting genetics so if we are then you might be the person who needs indefinitely something to help fight those genetics um you know i tell my patients all the time i can't fight god or the powers that be but i can definitely work with them right so working with them is you know um medicines like liraglutide or semaglutide, And most importantly is consistently. So whatever got you to lose that weight to begin with, Ron, like I remember I had lost a bunch of weight. I was feeling good about myself, but I was boxing four times a week. And I did that for like three years. Then I got tired of boxing. I got bored with it as if I thought I was Floyd Mayweather because I had mastered it. <laughs> Not, nah, I just got <laughs> bored with it and said, oh, I'm going to switch over to a different activity. Well, that activity never really came to fruition. And guess what? After about six months, my three years of effort, we had almost dissipated. So whatever right. gets you to where you're going, you're going to have to be consistent with it. It is a lifelong commitment. Just like eating is a lifelong commitment, so is eating in a particular healthy manner and exercising.
1: I think it's important to talk about the downside of obesity because uh, most of us uh, who have been through an obese period uh, haven't really focused on what it's doing to us.
2: Exactly. So, you know, if we just talk about the state of being obese itself, so your adipocytes are your fat cells and your fat cells are always releasing inflammatory markers. So the fact of the The state of being obese puts you in a constant state of inflammation. Components of inflammation are pain, redness, and swelling. This is just your body physically feels bad all the time. And I don't think people realize that until they lose a bunch of weight. I didn't realize that until I lost a bunch of weight. I was like, I just feel better all the time now. So your body's always in a constant state of inflammation. And now your poor little heart has to work harder to overcome the resistance of being overweight. Your heart works harder. Leads to high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, um, strokes. I, I can go on and on. Hyperlipidemia. These are all sequelae from being overweight. You never. I was talking to a patient about this today, and she's done fabulous with her weight loss journey. Just congratulating her. But you never really see a patient in their seventh, eighth, ninth decade of life who are three, four, hundred pounds because they don't make it that far. Oh wow. Yeah, they don't make
1: it that That's long. a good point. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, before we run out of time, we ought to mention, is the correlation between obesity and type 2 diabetes.
2: Yes, high correlation between obesity, type 2 diabetes, and particularly truncal obesity. So if your midsection is getting bigger and you start to see darkening in the back of your neck, little bitty skin tags darkening under the front of your neck and in your cheeks, type 2 diabetes is around the corner. Really? really? That's absolutely right. Those are pre-diabetic signs, physical signs.
1: Well, I get covered with skin tags from time to time.
2: Well, some mm. of those, yeah. So watch your sugar, Ron. Well, your sugar. I, I
1: do. I, I I watch it as it goes down. No, I, I don't drink sodas. <laughs> uh-huh. I gave them up. I, I, Very uh, good. Very I, try good. I, I, I try to watch. Uh, I try to reduce the amount of sugar and salt, which is also a problem.
2: That's right. So hypertension and obesity are, are, are definitely correlated. Um, one of the comorbid conditions of obesity or hypertension, when patients lose weight, they inevitably decrease the amount of blood pressure medicines they take. Cool.
1: We'll pick this up another day. I thank you so much, Dr. Yes. Dr. Tamika Perry, our guest and co-host today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon, right here on Docs in a Pod.
0: Executive producers for Docs Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Medrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Docs Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.